Well, when I was younger and in like middle school-ish, and, and younger than that too, I was not exactly what you would call a star athlete. I was pretty small, kind of short, pretty skinny. Um, I, to, to give you kind of a frame of reference, when I finished my freshman year of high school, I was just topping out at five foot two. So yeah, I was, I was not exactly uh, an enormous person. Um, and so that meant that often on the playground, I was the one getting picked last. I was the one getting either picked very last or second to last. You know, you, you, second to last, you could, you could deal with that, right? Dead last, that was always the worst. But in, inevitably, it gets down to the last two or three kids, and it's like, all right, you guys just take him. And you ta- and it, so anyway, I, I've been recovering from that slowly over the years. Um, lots of counseling, you know, um, I think I've pretty much uh, fully uh, come back from that. You know, I, um, I, I think I'm surviving. My, my identity is not tied up in my athletic ability anymore. Um, although I, I can play some mean ping pong every now and then. The uh, youth can attest to that. Um, at any rate, I somewhat identify with the laborers in this story who are found at 5 o'clock by the landowner and the landowner comes to them and says, uh, what are you still doing standing around? And they say, why, why have you not started working somewhere? And they said, because no one has hired us. We have been picked last. And, and I think the reason... There, there are lots of ideas as to why they're still standing around. Maybe it's their fault or, or not. I don't know. Maybe they weren't uh, putting themselves out there enough. I, I really think it comes down to they weren't employed earlier in the day, probably because they were unemployable. They were unhirable. These were probably the workers that were unskilled or unwise. These were the unstrong, the unknown entities. A lot of times it's all who you know, right? Whatever the case, these laborers left at the end of the day were the last to be chosen. They were the least. And yet they are made to be like the first. And this passage ends with the first are last and the last are first demonstrating the upside-down nature of the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of times in academic papers, um, your subtitle is really what gives it the edge, right? Your subt- if you don't have a good subtitle in an academic paper, then, you know, is, is it really worth reading? So, you know, you, you learn how to do this going through seminary. You, your, your title is one thing, but your subtitle, now, you've got to make that some meaty stuff, right? So if you're coming up with, a, if I was coming up with a subtitle for this sermon and for this passage, you could go a variety of different directions. And as soon as you start coming up with a subtitle, you're starting to give away how you interpret the story. So, for instance, it could be getting picked last, colon, the parable of the generous landowner, right? 
we could make it about the generosity of the landowner. Or it could go getting picked last, the parable of unfair wages. So maybe this landowner, I don't know, we could, we could make the landowner out to be kind of a not-so-good person. Or it could be getting picked last, the parable of the grumbling laborers, because they come to the landowner later in the story when they get paid the same amount as those who had worked an hour. And they say, what gives? What are you doing? That's not fair. We worked all day. We toiled in the hot sun. We sweated. We worked for you. And, and you treated them just like, or you, gave, you made them equal to us who worked all day. Or maybe it's getting picked last, the parable of the lucky last laborers. I like that one because it's got three L's. I like alliterations. <laughs> But actually, what I want, the, the subtitle I want to work with today is Getting Picked Last, Economies of Scarcity versus the Economy of Grace. The Economy of Scarcity versus the Economy of Abundance. I took a class my senior year of high school uh, at Collin County Community College. I was, you know, trying to get some extra uh, college hours before going off to the big school or whatever. And um, I took a macroeconomics class. And we got in the first day, and the professor looks at all of us and says, half of you will drop this course before the end of the semester. And he was right, uh, actually. Um, But I I actually enjoyed that class. I, I liked the logical nature of economics that you could see if you plotted out the supply and the demand, how it would affect the price and how it would affect the market. And you could see how the market value of a a worker was determined. And if supply goes up and there's not enough demand, then your price drops. They're inversely related. And if your demand goes up and you don't have enough, enough supply, then your price goes up for that particular product. I just, I loved the way that I could see the big picture and how it all works. I'm kind of a big picture person. But inevitably, macroeconomics, economics in general, are based on an economics of scarcity, an economics of limited resources. That in order for someone to have, another person has to not have. For him or her to have means I don't have. And so we have to squabble over resources. Much like my boys do in the playroom when they've got the toy that everybody wants, right? I mean, we have tons of cars, right? There are cars all over the place. Or Legos. Oh my goodness, if I step on another Lego... I tell you what, it's game over for Legos. But there's always enough toys, but they seem to think that there's not. And, and they, they fight over the same toys and they, they, they squabble over it because there's limited amount of toys. It's that kind of economy of limited resources that Jesus, I think, is saying is not part of the kingdom of heaven. This story starts out by saying the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who goes out into the marketplace and finds workers and brings the workers back to his vineyard and says, I'm going to pay you a daily wage. 
And so they get to work. But then the, the landowner goes back out to the marketplace at 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock and continues to find more and more workers. Continues going back, continues reaching out, continues to give and give. Even to the point that at the very end of the day, he goes out and finds even more workers to hire and to pay a full daily wage. Because Jesus was demonstrating that there is an economy of abundance when we start talking about God's grace. In God and in God's grace, there is no limited resource. It is an unfailing, never-ending well that gives and gives and gives and has the ability to transform the world. In an economy of scarcity, we squabble over the limited resources. But in an economy of abundance, the whole dynamic changes. The supply and demand scales don't work anymore because there is an unlimited supply. So the question to us then is what type of economy are we living in? What type of economy do we operate out of? There's a quote from another pastor who was working on interpreting this passage, and I really like what he says here. He says this, and his name's uh, Pastor James Bixby. He says this, We demand from others that they earn their grace. When this is exactly the impossible thing to do. In this passage, Jesus is presenting us with an exercise in abundance, almost confrontationally. I, I can't tell you how many times I demand that others earn their grace. I'm just like those laborers who started at the beginning of the day and said, oh, they didn't, they didn't earn that. They didn't earn your generosity. And Jesus comes back and says through the voice of the landowner, are you envious because I am generous? In the Greek, this is actually kind of an idiomatic phrase. And it says, more literally, is your eye evil because I am good? This idea of the evil eye was a way of understanding your perspective on life, on your perspective, your perception of reality. The question is, are you perceiving reality through the eyes of God or through your eyes of scarcity? How are you looking at the world? Is your eye evil because I am good? Jesus says earlier in Matthew that the eye is the lamp of the body. 
And if the eye is good, the whole body is healthy and good. Our perspective on reality determines how we live in it. Are we living in an economy of scarcity or are we living in an economy of abundance? Because God generously gives grace to those who don't deserve it, especially when we think that God shouldn't. That's what grace is. And so the possibilities begin to open up to us when we think about operating out of an economy of abundance. Because if we truly are living out of God's economy rather than our own, then the possibilities for the transformation of ourselves and of the world are endless. It makes me ask the question, what would happen if this church were to live out of an economy of abundance rather than an economy of scarcity? What would happen if we saw that in God and in God's grace, we have unlimited potential? That we have the ability to transform the world through what we're doing here? The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, right? An economy of abundance means that we are living into that vision that God has for the world. That the last and the least are first. This upside-down reality. Do we have the eyes to see what God sees? Do we have the perceptions of God? Are we living into God's reality? That's what this passage challenges us to think about. To think through who are the last and the least. And how is it that God is calling me to give grace? to be a vessel of grace and love to those around me. Because I truly believe that we can make a difference in this world. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. If I didn't think that common ground could be a force for transformation in the world, then I wouldn't be here. And I don't think you would either. So the question for us today is, what economy are we living in? One of scarcity or one of abundance? That says God holds within each one of us the potential to change the world. I hope, I hope that we are living in an economy of abundance. Amen. Amen.